right. This is a special post-election Bradenton Times podcast. We are recording this on Tuesday night here at the Bradenton Times newsroom. I'm joined by staff reporter Don Kitterman, and we have just about all the results are in. And I'll tell you, we don't need any more of them to know what happened. The red wave definitely crested and hit the shore in Manatee County, for sure. Well, well and, and, and all further. All throughout Florida, yeah. and it's not looking good anywhere else. Uh, so starting at top, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis easily defeated former Republican governor and current Democratic House member Charlie Crist, pulling out what looks like a 16-point lead at this point. Um, it looks pretty solid. Republican candidates also swept the three cabinet races, while Republican Senator Marco Rubio looks like he's going to have about a 13-point landslide over Democratic Congressman Val Demings in that Senate race. Um, in those cabinet positions, we have incumbent Republican Attorney General Ashley Moody. She routed Democratic challenger Arami Ayala by 16 points. In the CFO race, Republican Jimmy Petronas easily beat Democrat Adam Hattersley by 12 points, while Republican Wilton Simpson topped Democrat Naomi Billamore by 13 points uh, in the agriculture uh, commissioner race. Uh, Republicans swept the state legislative uh, seats. We've got Republican incumbents, Tommy Gregory and Mike Beltran, these were easy to pick races. Yeah. Um, you know, they cruised to victory. They had uh, two opponents, you know, that got on the ballot and, you know, gave people a choice, but neither one of them had any kind of money, no backing from the party. Um, Gregory defeated Haitian immigrant Robert Sky Demais uh, by a 30 point plus landslide, while Beltran claimed a 40 point victory over former Bradenton mayoral candidate Eliseo Jr. Salazar. Um, <laughs> no good news there, uh, for Democrats on the local races. The big one there is Amanda Ballard pulled out an upset over Reggie Bellamy in district two. She becomes on the County commission. She becomes the first Republican to ever hold district two. And that was after it was redrawn, but you got to give her credit. He had a lot more money. He was an incumbent and I saw her out campaigning a lot. When I was driving through Palmetto, uh, I did not see Mr. Bellamy as much. And uh, yeah, I have to say on the uh, on the local races, I don't, I, I don't, I don't think we can necessarily say there were any real surprises in any of these results. But that race and the uh, school district two race, yeah, well, I mean, I think were the ones where I was like, well, well there's- not only the necessarily surprise, but she won by seventeen points over Bellamy. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that that looked like it was going to be close, and I yeah, just thought, I thought it would be closer by the numbers in district two. I was thinking a Five-point spread would have been, you know, enormous. Uh, 17 points is a real, real message. So at that point, you look at that. Now you've got all seven are Republicans. Uh, Mike Ron and Jason Bearden, uh, they successfully primaried Missy Serby and Carol Whitmore, respectively. Um, and they faced only right-in opposition. Boy, oh boy. Uh, Anthony Pettuccini must be happy. He's got all <laughs> seven clients Indeed. on the board. And developers must be happy as well. That District 2 school board race you mentioned, uh, Cindy Spray a little bit more narrowly defeated former Bradenton City Councilman Harold Byrd. Uh, looks like it's going to be about three and a half or four points. Yeah, that's a bit closer. Yeah, it's a nonpartisan race. So that's right. the thing. Even though she was endorsed by Governor DeSantis, and I think that's where she edged him out because every, all three of the local school board candidates that received that won this year. And um, I think similarly, like what you said in the uh, District 2 commission race in terms of being out there campaigning, 
uh, Cindy Spray was getting around and, and spreading her message. I mean, her her platform, agree with it or not, she yeah. was she was making it clear what her positions were. And it is that far right sort of. Uh... Um, yes, it was. She um, she's going to bring pledge back to the schools, which I... is interesting because pledges in the schools is actually in the handbook. Um, she in was the, in the code of con- school though as well. She, well, yes, but we have that minute of silence sure. uh, from from our governor. Um, and then also anti-CRT, um, removal of certain books, um, no more, you know, lockdowns and, and, uh, pandemic protocols, which is kind of a crazy thing to me that that was a part, I mean, even nationally, that was a large part of a lot of conservative candidates, you know, we're still really riding on that. We'll never have another shutdown. We'll never have another, you know, pandemic protocol of any sort. There'll be no mask mandates. There'll be uh, no restrictions. It doesn't surprise me at all. Well, I guess it surprises me. It doesn't me. surprise me that it pays off. I mean, there's still... Well, no, a- it doesn't surprise me that it pays off. I guess what surprises me is just that I kind of feel like that ship has sailed. Like, that's so yesterday's news. Like, the, what, are, what are the odds? I mean, when in... Not that I'm that old, but... In my lifetime, nothing like that scenario has ever happened. Not to say that it, it can't I think there's, and possibly won't again. I think there's but. so much remaining anger over the way the vaccine protocols, the vaccine mandates, and all those mm-hmm. things were done. Um, I think that that lands and wins. And uh, mm-hmm. I think that given, you know, even still in some of the media outlets and everything, they're breathlessly telling you about every new COVID strain and everything that's coming out. Um, I, I think a lot of people, every time they hear that, think never again. I, I, th- I think that is a winning campaign message, particularly in Manatee County. Yeah, I, I mean, it. it's interesting. You know what they say, never say never. Well, I, I mean, who some, knows listen, what the next pandemic's going to be? I think some of the other <laughs> things, uh, I think the anti-CRT. Tell you what, I think if that, the next pandemic affects your uh, pink parts, people will be thinking a lot more about staying away from one another in that social distancing business. <laughs> History doesn't bear that out, though. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, but I think the anti-CRT uh, lands with most people yep. as well. Um, a, lot, a lot of fear. A lot of a lot of fear of a lot a lot of things, a lot of anger and a lot of fear. I think has in Florida really uh, pushed the vote. Well, just from a historical perspective, it bears mentioning that during times of economic instability, mm-hmm. high inflation and so forth, people in America, American voters, tend to historically become lean, socially more conservative during those times. Mm-hmm. So that that's another part that. Why, again, I think that these social issues that the Democrats are highlighting because they don't have anything else that mm-hmm. they can really run on without offending their donor class. And that that's really the problem I think that they're in is, you know, Republicans have faced this years, years ago as well, but they're in this position where they're such a slave to corporate power right now in the corporate mm-hmm. status quo and the military industrial complex. And I mean, think about this. When has it ever been before that the Democratic Party is essentially the one place where you can't have an anti-war sentiment. There's no place for it there. Hmm. I mean, when you just look at that that letter that 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 was leaked out or, or got released and then said it was leaked by the, by the squad and a few other, the Progressive Caucus, I think it was, that uh, just talked about, you know, pri- urging the president to prioritize and negotiated into the war in Ukraine, they immediately withdrew it. 
And it was, it was, there was such tremendous backlash. And I just remember thinking, wow, I didn't think I'd see the time when there was no place for you in the Democratic Party if you were anti-war. So, I mean, you look at those things and you say, okay, what else do you have? Okay, we're going to lean on the social issues. And they bet everything on abortion. They didn't talk much about the economy until the very end, despite the fact that all the polling was shown as economic anxiety. Mm -hmm. And then they also didn't uh, talk about crime. They, they kept saying, oh, it's overblown. It's not real. So when you tell people, and particularly when you have this reputation as being a little bit more elitist, a little bit more suburban, a little bit more upper uh, uh, income at this point, which is kind of a turnaround as well, when you keep telling people that their fears are invalid, that's never a winning strategy at the polls because the other party just says, no, you're right. And mm -hmm. the commercials are all about crime, all about gas prices, all about uh, the border crisis, all those different things. And they won. Those issues won. won. Know, Abortion and, didn't. And I, and I find that interesting, too. I mean, I, I can't really speak to uh, necessarily crime statistics, although my understanding is um, the murder rates, uh, homicidal crime, was actually up in last year's uh, FBI reports, I yes. think it is. Um, so that's interesting. But another thing, you know, I, I, I've spoken to, to several Republicans who speaking to what you're saying, you know, the real focus on economy and it's, he's going to do something about, you know, Ron DeSantis will do something about inflation. He'll do something about gas prices. And I don't argue with people, but I do think in my head, well, what has he done yet? Why hasn't he done anything yet? If he could do it, no. As why I wrote hasn't in a recent column, there, there's no real option for the Republicans on it anyway. The, the inflation crisis is is worldwide, right? And it, it has so many moving parts. There, there are some pinch with, points where you can go with relief. But listen, listen. Here's what they'll tell you. They'll tell you, "Hey, we need to drill more. We need to be more energy independent." You mm -hmm. know, Democrats are anti-drilling. They're anti-energy, and you know they're going to grab onto that. The point is, is that. When you're the party in power, if the economy's not doing well, you have to have the better method. It just doesn't have to be. You're going to get penalized for that by default. Right. right. And by and like you're saying, by the Democrats not even addressing the reality. Try, they're on their toes only, constantly. Not only, not only not addressing it, but telling you it's not real. Right. You know what I mean? And I think people are worried more about the crime that... And again, if you look at violent crime, it's actually down from its peak in the 90s and you know, it's down from the 70s. Um, it has been ticking upwards the last couple of years. But listen, what they're seeing are a lot of these cities where you have these smash and grabs where Democratic uh, DAs are not prosecuting if the theft is under a certain amount. You're having all these you know instances that they're constantly seeing on the news and on YouTube of... You know, people just walking in, grabbing stuff from stores and... Well, actually, and I don't have this right in front of me. I could try to look it up, but I, I don't have it with me, so I'll have to prove it to you later. Sure. But if you, but if you uh, look at the FBI statistics, you will find that um, crime is... The, the idea that crime is higher only in Democratic-led cities or states is not necessarily true. No, no, no. Let's listen. Listen. Cities tend to be democratic, period. There are right. very few Republican cities. Uh it's a pretty simple, you know, dynamic if you think about it. Like when people are forced to live in close proximity to each other, they're forced to cooperate more. They're 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 confronted with 
their neighbors much more often, and they tend, as a result, become more liberal on 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 the whole. In places where people live where it's more rural and you have greater distance between you and the people around you, mm-hmm. you tend to be a little bit more skeptical of people um, in that sense, and it's meant to make you a little bit more conservative. So, you know, most cities just tend to be liberal, period. And yes, there's more crime, there's more poverty in cities. There's all kinds of social dynamics that pay, play into that. No, it's there's not just an overt, um, you know, difference between them, as you noted, uh, but... Right, I mean, like, cities in... Florida are no different than cities in Texas than cities in like they they like to talk about Chicago a lot which yes right but even in even in red states the cities tend to be under blue rule right that's what I'm saying so that what my point is is that so yes Florida Texas and all the all the places I'm saying that they're going to use the argument say yes crime is you know the same in this Republican state is this in Democrat state, but they'll also say, but look, our cities are run by Democrats. And they'll point to that as the reason why. They'll say there's two lacks, you know, policing policies and so forth. Hmm. So I'm, I'm not saying it bears uh, uh, a complete direction of reality, but it's, it's, you know, the reality is that cities are more likely to be Democrat and cities are more likely to have crime. That's not causality, but that is a reality. It's not because necessarily they're democratic. Right, right. But if you add in some of these nonsensical policies on top of it, and they see that, you see states like California that have always been the sort of you know Republican uh, punching bag for, hey, you want to be California? Uh, when you see that going in the direction it's been going for the past five years, um, I think that gives people something to latch on to and say, yeah, I'm a little bit worried. If all these other policies I don't like, these social policies I don't like are coming out of those states and are prevalent in those states, and that's what those states look like, then they're going to draw a uh, a line between the two things, and it's, and it's going to make them lean conservative. Hmm. You with me? I'm with you. I'm trying to find. I've been trying to find this actual report that I was reading so I could give you the statistics. I, I was looking it up just the other night, and I've been wondering actually too about Manatee County because another thing about crime um, is that obviously in hard economic times, you would think that there would also be sure. also be no question a, a, a rise in crime. No question. Um, and then and then you know. Uh, as you were saying, to cities, uh, more crowding, more populous. And so I think about Manatee County a lot of times in terms of, you know, how hard it's been to secure housing for yeah. a lot of people on the and lower Manatee end. Manatee County, where, where people are poorest and, mm-hmm. and closest together, right. is the most crowded. Right. Like anywhere else. But I have not yet pulled those statistics and looked at them. But I, but I am curious. And so I, I was looking up the other night, just kind of. Uh, well, all the vast majority of violent crime here is in the central corridor, mm-hmm. where there's most poverty and most density. Yeah. But but what is the what is the? I'm not saying. And and I don't even know that it's accurate to necessarily look at crime in terms of like this year versus last year. Or even these last two years versus the two years prior, because there are so many variables that probably again, again, lead to sure. But again, people don't vote that way. Right. They don't vote with data and statistics. They vote with what they feel, and right. what they're feeling right now is 
Republicans are able to message on the idea that look at what's happening in these Democratic places. And there's a correlation between more of the CRT, more of the gender issues, more of uh, those social justice issues in the places where there's high crime and they're successfully messaging, do you want our place to look like that? That's the message that's winning. That's why you're seeing these landslides. I'm explaining it very, you know, it's black and white. It's right here on the page. Well, Let- I, I, will, I will agree that that is, that is the feeling. <laughs> well, it's, it, and those things are happening in both those places. You, you can, it's very, very difficult. It would be maybe impossible to draw a straight line and say, well, you know, California has more because of these liberal policies or whatever, but if it's pretty consistent, people are gonna feel that way and it would be pretty impossible to like refute it with any more certainty than you, you would discard it. Uh, and it, you know, unfortunately, the vast majority of people don't vote with a large amount of information. They vote, don't right. vote with a large amount of data. They vote with their gut, and, always have. And messaging. Yes, and, right. and Republicans messaged way better than Republicans this cycle. Let's move on to the city. Um, the big race everybody was keeping their eye on uh, was the Ward 4 race, where in battle incumbent Bill Sanders was weighed down by an onslaught of feuds and controversies going into the uh, end of this cycle, and he could not overcome them in the end, and he, uh, he took a pretty bad beating tonight. Um, however... The big surprise was the upset victory by Lisa Gonzalez-Moore, a grassroots campaign on a shoestring budget. Another person, like Amanda Ballard, out there beating Mm -hmm. the street, knocking on doors, shaking hands. She got 39% of the vote in a three-way race, while developer-backed challenger Kurt Landefeld, uh, who was seen as the biggest threat to Sanders, received 35%, and Sanders was able to only garner 25%. Uh, Boy, Big, big win for Lisa Gonzalez-Moore, who I was extremely impressed with when I had her on the podcast. So we'll see uh, uh, how she does with that seat. And then not a big surprise, incumbent Ward 2, Bradenton City Councilwoman Marianne Barnaby easily defeated first-time candidate David Levin on Tuesday. Uh, that was a 24-point landslide. Um, and that was another, you know, Levin was outgunned money, experience, name recognition, new to the community, everything. I don't think anybody really expected much more there. Um the last note, the economic development referendum looks like it's squeaked by. So a ballot on whether to extend a program that provides property tax incentives to certain businesses that locate or expand in Manatee County, it looks like it passed 5149 on mm. Tuesday's ballot. So uh, not an overwhelming amount of support, which is kind of weird because this is supported by all of the people who won landslides for the most part. Uh, on the county level races, and that, that shifted a little bit since the last time I loaded the page because it was one point slip the other or one point split uh, the other direction. Let's pull that up again. Fifty-one forty-nine. So that's it. A big red wave lands on Manatee County. <laughs> Politics here are gonna. I think it kind of ugly. It's going to get interesting. I, I think we're going to, it's going to be interesting, honestly. Um, you know, tonight there's there's likely a lot of celebrating going on. And congratulations to the candidates, if any of you are listening. Um, but it's, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, the dust still has to settle. Despite it being a victory, 
um, for, like you said, Anthony Pettisini and kind of the, the status quo of Manatee uh, politics, um, it, it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes up in terms of what the new majority for. I mean, you know, kind of going through the campaigns, you would have gotten the impression that it was like a solid seven, like a tribe of seven. I, I, I would be willing to bet that that's not going to really hold up and that it's going to shake out and there's going to be, as usual, and you know, kind of a totem hierarchy of, of who's where and who's oh, important be, yes. and who's not. and There'll be alliances and Yes, and, and, and who's the swing vote. Who do you think will be in the new swing vote on the new board? I don't think there will be one. <laughs> I do. Oh, what, do you have any predictions? I, I do. I, I don't want to say because then they'll they'll All do right. something different Fair. to prove me wrong. Fair <laughs> uh, but, you know, and the other thing is sometimes when you have a wide open road in front of you, it's when you start getting careless on the on the on the driving end. Yeah, so I agree with that. And maybe, I, and I, th- uh, I maybe think they'll overreach a little bit and we'll finally see some comeuppance. I, and I think it's going to be interesting, too, because near as I can tell, we've got some some pretty big personalities let's say coming in right um and already existing like that board is going to exist of a lot of alpha and that's that could get interesting as far as um if there's anything to disagree on it certainly can that, that's what i guess will frame that conversation will be how much room how many issues will prompt disagreement yeah i mean there may be there may be a lot of agreement on a lot of issues already settled, maybe. Oh, I think we're going to have a full slate. I think yeah. we're going to have a busy, I think we're going to be off to a running start. You know, another thing I wanted to mention. Um, so I was I was looking at some numbers because we've, we've spoken before about, um, you know, just just pack influence and, and, and money. And uh, did you see that we broke records nationally for um, the amount of, on both sides, both Republican. Florida or Manatee the, County? The, the, nationally. Manatee County or the state? No, Which na- one broke the records? The nationally, or- the United States. Oh, the United States. Now right. Okay. Um, so the, it, right now, Open Secrets is predicting their analysis shows that almost $2 billion came from, which it looks like, you know, both Democratic and Republican dark money packs uh, to this election. Uh, and what does it say? It, it was like, I think the previous record was $1.7 billion. Uh, no, no, $1.4. Ooh, that's it. Right. Shattered it. Shattered it. And I just, when I was looking at these numbers, I thought, wow, that is just, it's, it's impressive amount of money being moved around in you know well, very shows, untraceable it shows you what's at stake and that is this hegemony where we've had nothing but the consol- the the historic consolidation of wealth in fewer and fewer and fewer hands mm-hmm. and that's the same sources that's coming to bear fruit on the on, on the packs uh by way of those donations so it's showing you that that's how much they stand to gain, that that investment, the ROI on that will be plenty. We see it on a local level. Like, you know, people ask me all the time, why do developers spend so much money? See it on one vote. And when you look up at a federal budget, when you look at 
federal policymaking, when you look at federal regulatory, um, uh, you know, control, those things are like printing money. They're like printing presses. And that's again, why it just then becomes a war of messaging. It is not about issues because the issues are we're robbing you blind mm-hmm. while they're keeping you distracted with these social things. A lot, yep. A lot of distraction. It's, it's look over here while right. we're over here. And, and like you said, going back to, you know, the, the, the hollow messaging, mm-hmm. um, because you can't, you can't bite the hand that feeds you, or at least not generally successfully. Well, you know, and the, the thing that when you win though, is then what you're stuck with is now you're the party in control. And at a federal level, it looks like from what we see right now, Republicans are doing, you know, well across the board. But at a federal level, the Republicans always seem to do much better as the opposition party. They seem to do much better in blocking things from happening and throwing up their hands and saying, well, blame the Democrats, they got control, that once they get it, and then it's like, hey, like, for example, the Affordable Care Act. It's we're going to repeal, right. replace, repeal, replace, repeal, replace, and then they had control of everything, and they never replaced. They had nothing. Right. It's like, oh, we we really just mm-hmm. didn't like it. Like, but we, we had no ideas of our own. We just, <laughs> you know, and, oh, and a lot of people do seem to like it, so it's impractical <laughs> to take it back off them. Ah, oh, shit. I guess we're going to live with this. So that's what you get a lot with Republican, you know, leadership when they're in there. So they may end up if they end up as it looks like they might end up with the House and the Senate. Um, they may end up. Uh, no, once they, you know, get some things across the goal line that I'm sure are right in the pipeline, ready to go uh, for their donor class, they may end up finding that it's very difficult then to keep those enthusiastic voters happy with enough red meat and policy that actually changes things. And if inflation doesn't come down, it'll be hard to well. And and and, and, and can they? I mean, how much can they actually do? At least over these next two years, I mean. Biden still has veto power on anything too crazy, right? And that how that works? Well, sure, but it'll still be from a policy standpoint. Democrats won't be able to do anything, right? And then they'll have the bully pulpit of Congress that they keep. I mean, honestly, things. it doesn't feel any different than any other day of the week. Nothing's sure. ever getting really done in Congress, anyway. I mean, no, we've we've <laughs> really dealt a lot of it off to the Supreme Courts and. You know, yeah. The courts are, are a way bigger part of our democracy than they should be because Congress has basically, you know, stopped. Well, we've gotten to a point where if you don't have 60 votes, you can't do anything. And, and, and both sides know that. And that kind of stalls everything other than giving corporate power what it wants. Yeah. That's the only thing you can get a majority on. Well, and I, and I think there's definitely a, a growing, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, um, a growing optimization on, um, I mean, kind of the same thing that makes social media work so well, that makes viral things go viral. It's that it's that selling of the outrage. It's the yeah. being the most outrageous, the saying the craziest thing. It's absolutely broken down so much of what I grew up learning about decorum and manners and mutual respect and just kind of these lines you don't cross and now it's like gates wide open because actually the more of a unapologetic jerk and this is on both sides i mean people just say crazy unkind stuff and act crazy ways because it gets rewarded it gets that's exactly right because it gets and that comes down to a simple 
I think all that And so, that is and that is our fault. I think all that social media has done is amplify a natural predisposition that humans have towards a neg what's called a negative news bias. And the reason for that is that there has been more evolutionary reward for listening to, hey, hey, the others are coming. The barbarians are at the gate. Mm -hmm. Man the, the fences. Um, when you hear somebody's coming to hurt you and your family, there is a much greater historic evolutionary reward in listening and, and you know, changing direction uh, than there is to say, hey, look at all these positive things we're doing. So mm -hmm. these new ways, these technologies have influenced this in which that was always true, but the rapidity at which they can get that message out and then the, the level at which they can sustain it until it just becomes an overwhelming drumbeat and you hear all the same bullet points from the same people coming from those same ads bleeding down, you're right, they've, they've mastered that and technology has helped them. The same thing that does it in social media, does it through that political advertising. And that's why we're stuck fighting about the culture war messaging while they're back splitting the kitty saying, hey, who's gonna get the bigger bounty this cycle? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it as a mom of, of children who are still developing and, and look around at the world around them and the adults around them, Manatee County is a perfect example. There have been a lot of moments where leaders in this county are are not, it's one thing to be like, it like what would it be covertly, you know, uh, like you said the 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 messaging and 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 in that vein. But when you're out in public, you still you still mind your manners and and give a sense of maturity and have some sort of respect for the role and have some yeah, sort of gone. responsibility <laughs> to like right to the to the to the role modeling no, to that, the that that's gone it's all out that's the a, damn window yeah, that, that's and then a relic you know of the and, and it's funny because i i had a conversation with somebody the other day who was they were really upset about going to the CRT and the books and the, and the indoctrination in the schools. And they were, you know, explaining to me their position and their, their significant concern about, you know, what children are being exposed to. And they said to me, you know, well, you're going to really regret this someday. And in, in 10, 20 years, you're going to look back and you're going to think to yourself, why are all these kids so violent and mean? And why are they, you know, so aggressive and I thought what are you talking about like we're right now living in a society where there is a percentage of Americans who apparently feel it is totally acceptable to call and threaten people's lives who they don't agree with politically speaking you know it, it, it's wild it is a it, and that is what i was saying earlier about it this is on us as voters it, it is going to take voters to say okay partisanship aside like there's a bar there's a line there's the same way we raise our kids like there's just there's stuff you just yeah it's gonna will take, not be accepted it's going to take the grown-ups to reinstall the quorum but i don't I no, I hear you. I'm not saying I'm hopeful. I'm just, right. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> and you're not wrong. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this special bonus edition of the Bradenton Times podcast. We've got full election result coverage on the site today at thebradentontimes.com. We'll be back on Friday with the weekly uh, weekender edition. Um, so you can find out what's going on all throughout Manatee County this weekend. And of course, our Sunday edition every Sunday, the 
Bradenton Times.com fact-based news and analysis without an agenda.